Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Corey Willis with PPI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. This is going to be a Duramax episode. We're chatting with Wade Boyd. He's the owner of Diesel Daydreams out of North Glen, Colorado. And you've probably heard of him and, and seen his truck. He had it in UCC in the past, and he's been around diesel for a really long time. So he's seen a bunch of different trends come and go. And he even remembers the days of Duramax trucks not having a lot of aftermarket support and them basically being the new kids on the block. And so today we wanted to chat with them about how did he get into diesel trucks and specifically you know, his first Duramax and then how that progressed through modifications, building a UCC truck and then his shop where he, you know, he does a lot of maintenance, repair, performance, tons of different things with his company, Diesel Daydreams. And we just wanted to sit back, chat with them and learn more about what he has going on at his shop and, and with the performance side. All right, let's get to the podcast with Wade and chatting about Duramax trucks. Wade, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. It's going to be great to chat with you today. This is um, our first time being chatting on an episode. I've, I've definitely heard of your company, seen your truck, and know the things that you've done in diesel. This is our first time kind of formally sitting down on a, on a podcast episode to go through Duramax stuff, so we're glad to have you with us today. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, brother, for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on the show. Thank you. I know a lot of the Duramax fans out there, they're going to recognize your your truck and you know being out at UCC and just how long you've been in the diesel performance industry and and things you've done with the Duramax platform. But for any of our newer listeners or you know people who just got into diesel, uh, if you could tell us you know a bit about your background in it, your company, your your truck, and just how you how you got really into the the performance side, working on trucks, making them run faster, and you know the the whole enthusiasm that that joins all of us you know in the the diesel community. Yeah, um, my name is obviously Wade Boyd. I'm with uh, Diesel Daydreams. We're out of North Glen, Colorado. And uh, yeah, I've been racing Duramaxes for a long time. It uh, originally started out as, you know, just getting a tow vehicle for my race car at the time that I was breaking them, you know, down at Bannemere. And uh, I was having to call my buddies all the time to, to come down and get me and rescue me because, you know, I was broken down, didn't have a trailer. And I figured, well, you know, it's time to step up into, into you know, something else on that aspect where I can recover myself, get my car back and forth to not only this track, but other places I wanted to go. And so I started looking at, you know, different platforms that were out there. I've always you know, been a gearhead and worked on my own stuff. And uh, my buddies were turning me into the power strokes and the Cummins at the time because they had all these cool aftermarket parts and, uh, you know, chips and tuners and a lot of stuff that I wasn't familiar with at the time. And, you know, that part of the air, which was right around 0102, and so I went out and I test drove them, and you know, of course, the old 7.3s, they were, they were real loud and they were fun to drive, and they had a lot of stuff, you know, even at that point in time for them that uh, you know you could do to them. But my wife and I kind of made an early on agreement if I was going to get a truck, her knowing me that I wasn't going to, you know, I had to make this agreement that I wasn't going to hop it up, I wasn't going <laughs> to start messing <laughs> with it. So 
um, the Duramax, when I went out there, you know, not a whole lot of people had recommended the platform because uh, GM had just, you know, came out of the whole 6.2 and 6.5 era and, uh, you know, you either loved them or you hated them, but they didn't even hold a candle to, you know, the, the turbocharged Cummins and, you know, the, the power strokes of the time. So it just wasn't even, you know, it wasn't what people were looking for. And then the, the Duramax at the time was brand new. And so it was quiet when I went out and drove it. I was just impressed with uh, how quiet it was in, in comparison to the, you know, 24-valve O2 Cummins and, you know, the O2 7.3s at the time. It just was a really smooth, quiet truck, and and the flip side of that was there was nothing off for it. So I was like, okay, I can't even mess with this if I want to. They don't even make anything for this thing. This is you know perfect for me. So that's how I actually got into it. Was you know once I owned it uh, for a few months, you know that slippery slope started uh, you know coming at me, and you know it wasn't anything real big initially. I think that's how we all kind of start off as you know enthusiasts. Is we get something cool, we start tinkering with it, we do an intake and you know, we, we start uh, you know, geeking out a little bit online as with all the parts that are out there for and what you can do and uh, you know, just realize the potential that was there and just was so untapped because nobody knew anything about the Duramax. It was, you know, one of those those new things that when you ask questions about it, nobody knew anything about it. They didn't know what to tell you. You know, it was a, a completely new design. Uh, a lot of people, you know, early in uh you know, when I first heard about them, they're like, oh, you're going to melt the heads right off that thing. It's got aluminum heads on it. And because uh, that was a new thing, no? you know, the, the 7.3s and the, the Cummins had iron heads. So here you had this new, you know, developmental change, I guess you can say, as far as the engineering side of things. And um, nobody had seen that that aluminum head on a diesel. And I said, oh, you're going to melt those things right off. And they're going to have all these problems. And, you know, I drove it around for four or five months and just loved it. And I was down in Utah at the time and there was an event that was going on. I'd seen it online. Um, there was a forum that I was a part of at the time and there was a bunch of guys that were getting together for it. And there was some, um, you know, I thought that they were sales guys at the time. turns out they were, you know, the, the owners of edge at the time. And so they, they were kind of, you know, peddling their electronics and, you know, were talking to me about, um, you know, just what their product could do. And me being a gasoline guy, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this guy's promising a lot of stuff. And, you know, this is, you kind of hear the same thing in the gas. Like, oh, yeah, you know, put a chip on there and, and this is what it's going to give you. Here's all, you know, but you got to do all these other modifications to be able to make it happen. You got to change your thermostat. You got to, you know, run higher octane. You got to have an intake and an exhaust. These guys said, look, you don't have to do anything. It's just plug and play. It'll take me two minutes to plug it into your truck and you can just go and try it. I said, okay, well, what's well, two minutes, right? I mean, my, my, my wife won't even know that I'm gone for two minutes. So, you know, we got to the parking lot, and they plugged this, you know, the first-generation edge into my truck. And uh, it was one of the ones where you actually had to, to plug it in, turn the key on, you know, drop it down to drive, hit the gas pedal five times, put it back up in the park, turn it back off. And people, when I first told them how you had to change the power level from the edge of that, they thought it was joking. I was like, no, it's <laughs> That's how you used to do it back in the day. And then you turn the key back on, fire the vehicle up, and then, you know, if you uh, went down to reverse neutral uh, and then back up to park, it would it would hump the idle as to what level you were in. Nonetheless, I plugged this, these guys plugged this in into my truck, and I go down the street, and the first time that I put the, the throttle down, uh, that, that was the worst thing that happened to me, obviously, you know, as far as stepping off of the slippery slope, but it turned out to be 
you know, one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life direction because, you know, it, it started me in a, in a totally different path that I was really intrigued by because being a gearhead and, and coming from the gasoline world and loving turbochargers and, you know, just seeing the potential of, you know, boost, I was so fascinated with that initially. And so, you know, my first boosted car broke a lot of stuff. Um, and, you know, the, the diesel trucks were just, different you, you know none of my hot rod buddies could tell me anything about i'm like man you know how do these diesels work and it was just the whole way that because you know they didn't have distributors they didn't have spark plugs you know and then you know early on thinking well is it by the glow plugs how do they control ignition and so um once the wheel started turning i started digging in deeper because of that first experience that i had with that that full throttle down the road and you see that you know puff of smoke on and, and next thing you know you just see white white smoke off the tires and you're thinking this would have cost me like five thousand dollars in the gasoline world to achieve this kind of power in you know increase instantly i mean these guys put this on my truck in a few minutes and i rolled out of the parking lot and i had 150 more horsepower than my truck had and at the time that was come to find out pretty tame i mean we still had about another 50 horsepower on the on the table that we could have you know still gotten out of that platform so that was the the start of the the intrigue for me, and um, I just started becoming an enthusiast about it. Look, you know, reading everything I could about it, and learning as much as I could. And as I started to progress things, and you know, we started learning things on the forum. I, you know, started trying new things, and one of the first things that uh, really just kind of set me apart, I think, from some of the rest of the time uh, when I got into it was, you know, the ability to tune the truck okay I, I had an individual out of you know california that um he had done tuning on all sorts of other different platforms um had gotten into the diesel stuff and had a downloader available that he you know kind of tweaked for the diesel stuff and and i worked with him um you know as far as the parameters what i wanted what i what i wanted to do with the truck and i remember him talking to me over the phone and he goes wait you're going to do what and I, when I told him I was going to put nitrous on the truck, and I said, well, you know, I, I really want some, you know, fueling to be able to go with this. I need, you know, I need to overdo it. And right now with what we've got on the market between, you know, the edge and, you know, some of these other stacks, quote-unquote stacks that we used to do, um, to be able to, to, you know, get the enhancements that we were looking for, um, which we really didn't know what we were doing. And that, that was the problem is, you know, these tunes with the edge, you know, we would stack it with like a pressure box or, um, you know, I guess a, a, P, a less PC term would be called the bastard stack, right? Everybody, you know, would do, knew about the quad Vanik and 215 stack with the edge. And that was like the, the hot thing back in the day, right? Like, yeah. you know, that, that was what you beat everybody with. Oh man, what are you stacking, you know, on your truck? And so, um, I dealt with Steve Cole, um, actually out of TTS and, it was, you know, it was the turbo shop. He dealt, you know, with Lamborghinis and turbocharged Ferraris. And when I told him what I wanted to do, he said, yeah, I can, you know, I can build you something. I can't tell you what it's going to do initially, but we'll get some info back and forth and worked with him, um, you know, over probably a two or three week period. And, you know, he sent me, um, you know, this, this last unit and I put it into the truck and I was just blown away. I was like, this is what we need. And so I told uh, my friend Adam, you know, who was helping me out with the nitrous setup on the truck, um, let's go out and try it. And, and I go out on the Highway 36 for the very first time. The truck's, you know, two-wheel drive, and I knew right 
at that point at 75 miles an hour, I could stomp it. It wouldn't downshift, you know, in the fourth, and it'd get that good load on the fuel before the turbo would come up, and, you know, I could hit the nitrous and see what it would do. And that was the last time I ever did that because, you know, pointing the truck sideways, you know, in two different directions and almost mopping people off the, the highway would, probably wasn't a, a smart idea back in the day. But it was just one of those things you didn't – I was blown away. I didn't realize how much power we had just made until we took it to the track. Um, and the fastest truck in the country at that point in time, to my knowledge, there was, there was two guys that we were all kind of, you know, hunting on the, on the forums, and there was Mike Tomac and, uh, and Buck Spruill. And super fast guys. I mean, guys that were pushing the limits of things that really, you know, helped, I think, our generation of Duramax guys just push things to the next level. I mean, there was obviously a lot of guys, but those were some of the forefront guys that I knew of in the country that we were all kind of battling it out for, you know, for times early on. And Tomac had gone, you know, like a 12.4 in Indy. And then uh, Buck... He was right there, if not, you know, already at the at the top of the 11s, um, from what I knew. And here we come out with, you know, this pet off, you know, pinstripe, four-door, all-trained, you know, truck with stock exhaust and a stock intake with this custom tune, a homemade lift pump, and a big shot of nitrous with a, you know, stock turbo. And we went out to the track and knocked off an 11.78. And it was just like... You know, well, and actually, let me back that up. I, I take that back. That was, it went 12.32, the very first hit out on the nitrous, and it was up against uh, the Corvette Connection, uh, one of their, their cars. And it was just a dumbfounding moment for me because I'd never raced uh, a sports car up until that point, and the truck at Bandemir had only ever gone a 14.80, you know, with the, the stacked uh, programming and chips that we had before. So, you know, here we go, here we go with this new program. You know, from from TTS and this big shot of nitrous, and we go, you know, flying down the track, run on a 12:32, which blew me away that we were even, you know, in the 12s. We were thinking, okay, you know, high maybe mid 13s. We'll we'll see where I can dial it, and it goes 12:32 right out of the gate, and then we put propane to it because. You know, we didn't have any other ways of getting fuel. So it's like once we cleaned it all up and, and we just didn't have anything left, you know, in the tuning side of things, um, you know, we, we put a PowerShot 2000 propane system on it. And uh, the first time we, we took it to the track the next weekend, and that's when we went 1178. And it just, you know, that to me was not only a lot of fun, but it was, it kind of broke open, um, just the possibilities for me of, of what these trucks were capable of because I took a, a bone stock looking truck. It still had the factory exhaust with the muffler removed on it. And here we are with a stock intake. And when I popped the hood, it, people were blown away. They were like, wait, what? Like, how is this truck going this fast? Like, it's got nothing done to it. Right. It's got fuel. It's got air. It's got tuning. Like, we're at high elevations, which gave me this massive advantage over people that were at lower elevation. And, and for the longest time, I just kind of cracked back and smiled because when I decided I was going to go the nitrous direction, a bunch of people thought I was nuts because, oh, you're going to blow your truck up, but, you know, you can't control it. And 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I was looking at it, it just didn't make sense because it was an oxidizer. And if we had black smoke, we just didn't have enough air. So my philosophy is, you know, we'll bump the timing back on it so we don't, you know, advance things too fast. But if we bump the timing back, we keep our fuel pressure up, and we can clean up that black smoke, we'll just run, you know, that amount of nitrous to it. But then when you coupled it with the, you know, catalyzing effects of the, the propane, it just made for a really, really hot cocktail. But... I also learned that that's how you flower the pistons <laughs> in your lower end. So, you know, uncontrolled burn fuel, you know, it wasn't always a good thing. But, um, you know, it got us fast and, um, you know, it opened up a lot of people's eyes. I think not only my own, but when we went down to the track, I was running, um, you know, some uh, products from HES and, and uh, I was running a sticker and Clint, um, I actually ran against him in the Boogie Max and I thought that's, one of the times I thought I was going to get my shorts knocked off because he had his um, hood up and he had, you know, this big new, you know, prototype turbo underneath the hood and everybody is, you know, up underneath it. And I'm thinking, this, this guy's about to wax me down the quarter mile and lined up against him. And, you know, that that was also the start of a, you know, relationship with us, you know, that, that kind of propelled things for me because up until that point, I was just an enthusiast. I wasn't actually in, you know, a, a professional level of, you know, wrenching or, you know, engineering at that point in time. And um, I was just doing it for fun. And so when I got up against Clint um, and we raced each other, he, you know, he sees that I was running his stuff and after <laughs> I beat him in the quarter mile, he comes back to me in the, in the pits and he was just like, we got in this thing. And he says, you know, I, I see that you're running our sticker. And when I popped the hood and he saw that stock intake and he saw the stock turbo and it looked like it just came off the factory floor, but it had a nitrous solenoid sitting up on the firewall. Uh, he goes, Oh, you're, you're spraying it. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. It, it was pretty simple setup, but it was super effective, you know? And, um, but you know, there was a lot of things that we did to, to get to that point at, you know, with the truck and, you know, the center link and, you know, some of the tie rod sleeves and stuff to, to kind of make drag racing a viable thing without folding the front end up. But, um, it was just, it was a fun time. I think in the, in the Duramax world, it was just new. Nobody knew anything about it. Everybody was trying new stuff and, you know, some things were working, other things weren't working. And, uh, you know, some people were able to take advantage of that like myself and, you know, just had a cocktail and a combination of things that worked really, really well at the time. And, you know, we just took and ran with it and, shoot i think within the next couple of years um you know started going to sled pools a lot more drag races a lot more local events and um just really opening the eyes of everybody else of what these trucks were capable of because when you really hopped up a you know a cummins or you know a power stroke it, it made it a lot more difficult in some aspects with the earlier generations to drive on the street because they didn't have you know the the tunability and a broad range of scenarios as to where the Duramax, when it came out, you know, it was, it was, you know, a much easier platform to get to do a lot of stuff. And when we had the, the switchability to be able to change the horsepower levels on the fly, it just opened the whole world up 
for not only can I, you know, daily drive my, my truck and get great fuel mileage, I can use it. I can go up camping, throw my quad in the back, all my camping gear, my family, pack this thing down to the hill, drive up to the hills, and it drives just like it does stock or better. And um, that, to me, was just something you never got in the, in the gas world. It, was, it, it always seemed like there was this huge trade-off to where if you went one direction, that's the direction you went, and you really couldn't use it for both you know, worlds. If you, if you raced it out or you up, you know, increased the horsepower, you put a turbo on something, you certainly couldn't tow with it, or it made it really difficult. You had to put a lot of other things you know, in place to be able to make it happen. And then here, I got this new platform that I'm playing with where you know, I can put very little into it, I, I thought, in comparison for the gains that you would you know, get. And it was just a really reliable platform at that power level. Um, and so we've pushed the limits, obviously, until you know, we found the, the breaking points. But, um, yeah, that, w- that was really the, the start of the passion you know, part of it is and getting the, the drag racing out there and, and being able to do everything. Um, and it, I know it woke a lot of people up you know, in the drag racing world locally here and, and Bandermere, you know, they loved it. And so, but the, you know, that was a spark for me. When I got to see a, a diesel go down the, you know, drag strip and it was fast, that was a, an amazing thing to me because you just didn't see stuff like that. And, and they were kind of like a choo-choo train. And the first truck, I remember that just knocked my socks off. When I, when I watched it go down a quarter mile at Bandermere, and it was at a testing tune right before, I believe, Truck Fest. And he was testing his truck out. And it was Richard Mad Dog Madsen and his big old huge Fummins, you know, four-door long bed, lifted truck. And it was just a land yacht. The thing was massive. And <laughs> he went down, and I remember the first time I heard that truck spool up, and I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, man, this, this hot rod's going to, you know, mess this truck up. And that truck took off, and my jaw hit the ground. I was just floor of watching this guy skate this you know land yacht from lane to to wall to lane and then he knocks off like a 1099 and i'm thinking what just happened is is this real life like that was a diesel truck that just did that and um that's when you know the the performance interest in the diesel stuff really also kind of you know was rooted with me years before you know i ever even got my own you know truck and it was just a neat thing to see something that you'd never seen before at the track go so fast, you know, because we were hot rodders. We, you know, had cars that we thought were fast. And then, you know, you're thinking to yourself, man, I've got a turbocharged all-drive car that, uh, you know, I've got everything I've ever earned in my life into this thing. And this diesel truck would mop me up, you know, all the way down the, you know, the drag strip or on the street, like, God forbid you lined up against that thing and you thought you were going to put one over on some old guy in, a, in an old summons and holy smokes, you know, it was just a neat thing to see. And that's what intrigued me about the diesel, you know, industry and the performance side of things. And, and you know, I think that passionate drive instilled in me was just something that was so different. It, and even when you go to the drag strip and, and I was fast, you know, and I was, you know, beating people in the quarter mile or I was bracket racing guys it was really cool to get back to the pits and then have people come up to you and say, dude, I just watched your truck run. That was amazing. I can't believe how fast it was. I towed my race car with the same exact truck, like, you know, and your (laughs) truck would beat my race car, (laughs) you know? 
And you would see that, that excitement in them. And you're like, yeah, that's what it's about. That's what excited me. You know, when I, when I got to see something incredible, when I got to see something big and heavy, you know, move like it shouldn't have moved. And, and you were just blown away by it. That was the cool factor of being able to, to have something high performance in the, in the diesel world in the early, you know, I think the early onset of it, which was you know, from like 2002 to 2005. And it was really, I think, when things started to propel and, you know, the, the technology started coming out and, you know, different platforms started coming out. And, um, yeah, ever since then, it's been, you know, once the EFI Live came out for the Duramax, it, uh, that opened up a lot of a lot of avenues for a lot of things because there was so much, you know, that we had to do to, you know, make the performance parts that we were putting on the trucks work at the time. Um, I remember the, you know, we were trying to make the Aurora 5000, you know, kit back at ATS, uh, uh, a streetable, you know, packaged, here we go, like, you know, mail it out type of thing. And we were going back and forth to Radio Shack, getting transistors, trying to make, you know, boost foolers to where, you know, we, we wouldn't be throwing boost codes. You know, we, we get things back in line with resistors, you know, and that's how we made the trucks run. And that's how we made, you know, the power happen within you know other parameters and then you know we got we get a efi live and now we can set those parameters now we don't have to you know run down to radio shack and get resistors and and solder things in and, and build an engineer you know these these simple things now we can do that with a couple of keystrokes and get everything back in line with where you know with where they need to be and that's when i think you know we, we went from you know a, a good performance you know increase at that point to just it it opened the doors wide open for you know the Duramax at that point and um i know that's when i started going super fast i knocked off quite a bit of time you know once we can you know get behind the, the keyboard and some data and that was the other thing too is being able to data log we had an incredible tool you know with efi live when it was released to us and you know i remember the first initial beta version um, being on my beta team and, you know, just listening to some of the problems and, and trying to figure some of the issues out with, um, you know, just some of the load processes. And I can't even tell you how many ECMs I nuked uh, just trying to figure out, oh, whoops, we did that in the wrong order or have this hooked up while you do that. So, you know, there was a learning curve to it, but to be on the forefront of that performance wave, um, you know, it, it, it opened up a lot of doors to, you know, enhanced products that were already out there um, and open the doors for, you know, for newer products. I think that that's when uh, a lot of companies, you know, started offering a lot of stuff for the Duramaxes because there was, you know, a way to make run with it. And we just didn't have that availability for that. So it was, uh, it's been a, a cool ride, you know, to be a part of you know, the Duramax performance industry and to watch it, you know, go from its infancy to where it's at even today and and to watch the companies that have you know pushed the the technology envelopes and have poured their passions into it you know as well as we have because there's a lot of companies out there you know i mean i had to give a lot of credit to you know everybody that backs us you know pass you know not just on our ride but i think as an industry in the whole you know these companies you know pour out a lot into us um you know, Extergy, it's, you know, the tech, they have a lot of money invested in us, right? And as racers and, and so to have companies that, 
continue to grow and have a passion for the industry and the sport like we do um, is awesome. And, and, you know, it's, it's, we didn't always have that. And so it's, you know, good to have companies that are still around that, um, you know, have that at the forefront of, of, you know, their minds and, and to be like-minded. So they make it a lot of fun. And I know there's a lot of things we're excited about to, to get out there and try that have been sitting on our shelf for far too long. So we can't wait for the, for the 2020 season to, to open up here pretty quick because we think we'll uh, have some neat stuff to go out there and try. Unfortunately, we won't be at UCC, you know, this year. Um, but I don't know. Maybe talk to James if things change because things got pushed back a little bit. So if we get things put together and we get some test time, you know, before the country gets back on its feet, then uh, you know maybe we can make something happen. But nonetheless, we're we're just excited to get out there and, and try some of the new things that these companies have offered us. Um, Wagler, Jeremy Wagler has just been awesome to, to work with, and he's um, he offered us up a, a new set of cylinder heads that really addressed all the issues that we were having and um it was an awesome opportunity for us to you know to get on board with that but the billet cylinder heads that that we're getting ready to run now are hopefully going to take us to that next progression of of reliability and and ability to make some you know serious power you know with the duramax platform and then of course with our drivetrain upgrades that we got from suncoast this last year and the technology uh that came out for it you know from matt sanger that's that was a step for us. Um, so we're excited to, to get out there and try that stuff too. So I'm kind of dancing around a little bit, but you know, there's, there's just a lot going on and a lot of cool things that are up and coming. And yeah, we're, we're excited about it for sure. I think the, the, uh, <clears throat> the way that the passion and excitement hits back then is the same way it does now. And it was, you know, for me, it's very similar. It was, yeah, I was, I had gas trucks or even, you know, LS cars and different things. And I, I knew what they could do, but I would look at the cost of it versus what I could get out of it. And it, it always starts with, you know, like that, that one friend or that one person you see or whatever. For me, it was very similar. I was at, um, I think it was 2010 at truck fest. And I remember seeing, uh, Dimitri's red four-door Duramax and it raced I don't know who owned it at the time or if they still do but it was a it was a second yeah it was that truck and I remember sitting in the stands not knowing anything you know but I remember the sound and watching and it was just like I got hooked right then just watching that race and I think they were in the 10 somewhere but just seeing that and hearing it and then the next thing it's like I need a smarty and then you do that and then, you know, and then it's the TNT files. And I remember for the longest time it was, you know, looking, you know, at it as someone who didn't have a Duramax, you know, is like, oh, EFI Live, I don't need EFI Live. What's the big deal with it? And then once it came out for the, the 5.9 and the 6.7, and the first time I drove my truck with a file in it, I was like, I see why those guys love it so much. <laughs> like, and it wasn't necessarily the racing part or like, full throttle part I mean that was great but it was the drivability and it's just how that ties everything together and I think you know with 
that excitement, right, that you had and the passion, then meeting these different people, these different companies and going to these events. It's like, can I surround myself with this all the time? Can I do this as a career? Can I do this as a business? How cool would that be? And, you know, when I think of Diesel Daydreams, that's what I think of. I know in you know, Colorado, in this region, you guys are very, very well known. And, you know, with the racing that you guys have done and especially going to UCC and it's like this, you know, huge national stages is, you know, what you guys do, you know, has grown. And, you know, a lot of the topics that we have on the podcast, we're, we're chatting about things in the Midwest or, or in the South or on the East Coast, but there's so many diesels in the Rocky Mountain region from, you know, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, you know, Idaho, Montana, there's a lot of people that are really into them. And I wanted to ask you, because you've got vastly more experience and event experience than I have, is what are some of the opportunities that people have in the Rocky Mountain region? If they want to race, if they want to go check out shows, you know, do different things and get their truck out there. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, um, there's quite a bit. And you kind of have to, when you're in the diesel world, you kind of have to inject yourself, I think, into some other areas that that you can kind of fit in in the racing world as well so you know you have to be flexible and that's where you know making sure that your platform which most 98.9 percent of people that have a a truck with you know even a moderate to you know mid-level performance are going to fit within um you know going to like the kbpi um uh, grudge racing that's a blast because you know you get to go out there rub elbows with guys but you get to race your buddies you know it's a, it's a little bit uh cooler platform because you're out there to do some grudge racing and and most guys with or some i should say with you know the diesel trucks um, don't come from you know drag racing background or they haven't drag raced the trucks so you know when you go to like say a gas event it makes it kind of difficult to um you know, stage in with those guys if they know what they're doing. But, um, you know, the grudge racing is, you know, real open for them. You get to race your buddies. You don't have to worry about some guy burning you down or something in the lane next to you, but it's a lot of fun. Um, but as far as the diesel events and truck fest has always kind of been it, you know, here in Colorado at least. Um, you know, that, the hunting for horsepower, and then, you know, the gauntlet challenge, um, you know, just to name a few. So, you know, some of the local events that um, the guys put on, I mean, we love it doesn't matter if you know there are other you know shops prt usually has a really cool dino day that they'll put on every year um you know for the guys to get together and just you know watch the you know the social media for that type of stuff but yeah truck fest was i thought for the longest time even nationwide was one of the largest um events you know to be able to go to um even with some of the midwest ones that i'd gone to Back in my tenure when I was traveling, you know, going to all the different shows, um, it was, there was a little, you know, a big, huge following out there and there's no doubt, but man, you know, the truck fest stuff really seemed like it pulled people together here. We've seen less of a following in the drag racing side ever since the NHRDA, you know, obviously, um, you know, they're not around anymore. So we, we don't have guidelines and, you know, like a sanctioned bodied event on this end of, end of town. And so, um, Fortunately, there's some some drag racers along with myself that uh, have been you know discussing back and forth about putting something on you know very specifically about here whether it be a race series um, or even if it you know just a couple of big events that were tailored more towards the diesel specifically because um, right now we don't have a lot that you know 
is really just tailored around us. So that's why I said, you know, kind of got to find where you can fill in and go to some of the, you know, bracket races here and there. But, you know, the, uh, the club clashes at Bandemir, Bandemir's got a lot of really cool events throughout the year. Um, that even as diesel guys, you could be a part of, you get, you know, five or six or even a couple of your buddies together uh, to go out to, you know, to the club clashes on Friday nights. And that's how I used to, you know, drag race. And that's honestly how a lot of people knew me um, in the drag racing world was because I was out there, you know, doing these gasoline events. I was doing, you know, the, the club clashes, the Quaker Stady T street series, you know, we'd go run, you know, run top and stuff like that and just put ourselves, you know, in with those guys and really just to kind of, you know, not only just rub elbows, but to be a respectful addition to it, right? To say, hey, look, you know, we want to be a part of this, you know, uh, we can be, you know, consistent. We can be respectful. We don't have to, you know, uh, we're not just outlaws or, you know, buttheads, but um, we've made a lot of friends, you know, with people off the track in Bandemir, you know, being the, the local track here is you know, the, the big source and hub. Uh, the next one that I love to go to was uh, up in Utah, and I'm not positive how it's going to happen um, with RMR. I know they've been shut down for a little bit, but the weekend on the edge and, uh, you know, some of the industrial injection events um, were always fun to go to as well because, you know, they're well organized and get a bunch of guys together. So but here um, in Colorado, I mean, for the local scene guys, definitely, uh, you know, hit up Truck Fest, um, you know, and, and – you're into drag racing and you want to go you know drag race there's for sure venues for that or if you're more into you know the show side of things the you know kbpi car show and the grudge racing is always a always a good one to go to because like i said it's a lot more open form you can get in the lanes when you want to so you can kind of set up your drag races you know on the side with you know your buddy that may have been running his mouth a little bit too much and you know he he thinks he's got a faster forward than your cummins or something so uh you know, those are always fun to, to go out there. And it's a much easier, you know, uh, platform for those guys to do that. And what I found is that kind of fits a lot of the diesel guys pretty well, too, um, because, they're, like I said, they're not hardcore drag racers. Um, you know, outside of, you know, Truck Fest, you wouldn't see, you know, a whole mass amount of diesel trucks typically in one place, not, you know, around here anyway. So, but, yeah, those are definitely my favorite events here. And, uh, you know, the, the dyno events, those are always a blast to so get a, a bunch of guys together and, and, uh, you know, see what kind of horsepower you can push out and, and trucks that are making a hundred plus pounds of boost or, you know, intimidating, you know, when you get them strapped down to something, turning some loaded rollers. So <laughs> yeah, I think we're all ready for uh, things to start you know, opening back up <clears throat> and, uh, you know, tracks to be open and all these you know, projects that guys were working on over the winter that you know they're ready to to race it's uh it's gonna be really exciting and and refreshing to see all that and you know one of the things that that um you know i know a lot of our listeners when we do an episode because you know it's a podcast we don't have a video you know rolling of your truck or some of your races but on your social media you guys have a lot of that you have a lot of, uh, of pictures and not just about your truck but also things you guys are working on what's the the best way for our listeners to be able to go follow you check out what you guys are working on you know, see builds that you have in the shop or things you're working on with your personal truck. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hitting us up on the social media platform on Facebook is, is the best for us. Um, unfortunately, I'm of, of that era. I think just before all the, the Instagram and uh, Twitter, you know, folks, but I, I had an Instagram at one point in time, but you now that I can't keep up with 
everything. So um, Facebook is by far the, the best platform to get us on. Um, you know, check out what we're doing. Uh, we post up, you know, the engine builds and a lot of the fun stuff. Of course, you know, we do 98.9%, you know, service and head gaskets and turbos and, uh, you know, just keeping people on the road. But we like to keep, you know, the interest and the passion out there. And so we like to, to post a lot of the fun stuff that we do and, you know, the cool projects that we got coming up and, you know, the, the fun, sexy stuff that everybody likes to put their eyes on, as well as us. I mean, you know, we, uh, we're enthusiasts and we're passionate about it too. So, you know, walk by a toolbox as we're building something and, you know, it catches our eyes and we like to share it with folks. So that's by far the best place to get us. Awesome, Wade. Well, I had a great time chatting with you and I really hope to be able to check you out racing at Bandemir, you know, this summer and, and, uh, and see the truck, you know, make some passes and, and everything. But I appreciate your time today and, and talking with us and sharing that passion. What got you hooked on it and, and the whole, you know, going, going down the track and going fast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. It was, uh, it was definitely a pleasure and an honor. And, uh, we look forward to seeing you out there and listening to your podcast in the future. Don't forget, Diesel fans, if there's any shops, racers, personalities that you want on the Diesel Podcast, make sure and and let us know. You can tag them on any of our posts on Instagram or Facebook. We had a, a post recently, and there was a ton of recommendations for different shop owners or different performance enthusiasts, racers, personalities, whether they had Cummins, Duramax, or Power Stroke trucks. We had a ton of great recommendations from there. We love hearing from you guys. We want to know if there's any particular topics you'd like us to cover any issues that you know maybe you're fighting on your truck you'd like us to get an expert on ask them some questions just make sure and shoot us a message tag us on social media and we'll make sure and get them on Till next time keep the shiny side up